Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Okay, everyone, welcome to this edition of Cover Story. And uh, all the way through and past June 14th, we are going to be focusing on the Silver Anvils. And if you are not familiar with what the Silver Anvils is, uh, you need to be, because it is truly the Oscars for the Public Relations Society of America. And talk about a badge of honor. Um, it's one of the most highly coveted awards that one could look to actually capture. This year was a record year with 855 entries. And uh, as you know, we're very fortunate here on Cover Story on the WebmasterRadio.fm network to have some of the finest finalists um, talk to us about their entries and uh, their thought leadership behind it and um, really understand a lot more about how to maximize our PR efforts in a myriad of different topics. And today, uh, I'm very happy to say it's all about girl power. We have Paula Pedin, who is the Director of Public Relations for the Carl T. Hayden VA Medical Center, where the focus is truly on... Um, reputation management, and then Gretchen Miller of Dell Computers. Uh, so without further ado, let's go on and introduce our very first guest, Paula Padeen. Welcome to Cover Story. Thank you, Brandy. I'm happy to be here. That's so terrific. So how do you feel? You're a finalist. Uh, it, we are so jazzed. This is such a wonderful opportunity. And it's like you said, the silver anvils are very tough, and they're like the Oscars of the industry. So we're just really excited to be considered amongst the finalists. Good for you. Good for you. So let's delve into this. I'm going to read um, the overview Okay. Of, of what what your submission was, um, and it says I'm going to do this verbatim so I don't uh, <laughs> misconstrue anything. This entry is an example of a continuing reputation campaign that dramatically helps to enhance the image of the Carl T. Hayden Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Their goal was to improve the perception of the Carl T. Hayden Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona, and create a reputation as a quality medical facility among key publics. Key publics include employees, opinion leaders, the media, and the community at large. Strategies include direct communications with key publics, a patient education ca- cable access TV show, and special events, particularly the VA Veterans Day Parade. Challenges include a former non-reputation of the VA in the community and a tainted image regarding VA medical centers generally in the national press, which we feared had had a negative impact on our particular VAMC. Ah, Good. <laughs> big, huge. I mean, those are huge things to overcome. Yes. And, you know, Brandy, it's just one step at a time, and it's overtime. And I think that was the most important factor for us. 
we actually started this campaign in 1999 with some research that we did. At that time, what we found out was that the Phoenix community really had no image of us. Um, our employees weren't really proud to work at the medical center. Uh, we didn't have a visible image amongst the media, and we really had no opinion leaders kind of supporting us. We had um, been here in Phoenix for almost 50 years at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we started to do the research was because we were coming up on our 50th anniversary. And we're like, well, what do we need to do to help make things better? So that... Um, coupled with the fact that I had uh, recently taken the accreditation and public relations exam, kind of helped steer me to this um, reputation management campaign. And I was also getting guidance at that time from one of our wonderful uh, former counselors, who was Pat Jackson of Jackson, Jackson, and Wagner. And Pat just really touched my life in a public relations um, viewpoint that made me understand the importance of being strategic and having sound research to um, build programs on. And that's where we started. Good for you. So first of all, I, bravo to you for being able to adopt a mentor. Yes. You know, <laughs> well, so critical. Well, and it's also nice, too, because when you're immersed so deeply in a company, yes. sometimes it is hard to see the forest through the trees, especially with a heritage brand like a VA medical center. And, and you know what? Pat Jackson was such a well-renowned international public relations practitioner. But the beauty of that was that Pat, you know, I was a little guy, and Pat took the time for the little guy, and he really did help us out, and he was just so instrumental in his efforts. We, to this day, I still appreciate him. Good. Good for you. Well, that's, and that's lovely that you acknowledged him. Now, let's go back, because you've got, it's actually, you've got this lopsided sort of um, PR circle going on. At one point, you have, you know, your employees who work for you, mm -hmm. who, I mean, talk about relating to your publics, all yes. of your publics, <laughs> you know, you've got your first line ambassadors. Yeah. Right. And they it, were, they weren't really looked at. Yeah. Right. So you've got these people who aren't really proud to work for you guys, or, mm -hmm. or at least, or they're, or they're, they're not out there advocating just, for you. Right. Exactly. They were in the middle of the road. Right. You know, you've got um, the world at large who sort of right. looks at VAs that say, eh, we right. don't know how great they are. And then, of course, you have your general public within the Phoenix area that isn't overly familiar with who you are. So Correct. your focus was really on research, trying to assemble as much information as possible such that you could address each area and gain the best exposure. So let's talk with your first line of contact, which would be the employees. Yes. We created um, an um, uh, employee survey, and we asked them about 50 different questions, uh, mostly about what they thought of the image of the VA here in Phoenix, what they thought of uh, VA's national efforts in conducting research, what they thought of VA's national news coverage, and then what they thought of our local news coverage. And then we also uh, talked to them about our communications tools, had them rank and rate those, and we asked them about their morale and their pride in the medical center. And it was really those elements that kind of um, gave us the key that we needed to do something to um, improve pride. 
there are many strategists who will tell you that morale is hard to improve. But if you can improve the pride of your employees and truly make them ambassadors for your facility, Mm -hmm. that morale tends to follow. So that's kind of what we did. So we, we started with them. That's terrific. I mean, enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. Right, exactly. And, and since they're also, not only do they work for you, but they're also members of the Phoenix the community. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they really need to be our first line ambassadors. So we created some talking points for them. We, um, you know, really enhanced the employee newsletter. We created, based on the results, we created a pride campaign where we recognized them for like 15 different areas of things that we're proud of that they do, and then they're able to take that pride certificate, and they go over to our HR department, and they can actually go to what we call the company store. Mm -hmm. We created a logo, we branded the logo, and those are all on the pride items that are in the company store. So we're reinforcing that pride in the Carl T. Hayden VA Medical Center through those efforts. Okay, now that's terrific, and I can see, how do I say, I can see the impact with the rewards, Yeah, you know, but how did you know that when you created these surveys, for example, that people were answering you honestly and what criteria are you, you know, is there for people to go and get prizes, so to speak, so that you have, you know, so that it's honorable and, 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 and real. And worthwhile. Right. Well, you know what I did? Because I work in a hospital. I have access to psychologists. And psychologists like to do many surveys and study human relationships mm-hmm. and sociology. <laughs> right. So I went to the um, lead psychologist, Mark Wright, and I said, Mark, uh, what can I do to make sure that these are the questions I want to ask? How can I make it qualitative mm-hmm. and quantitative mm-hmm. and statistically valid? Okay. And um, we also looked at making it scientifically based by using all those components. So when I sat down with Mark, that's really when we said, okay, you need to use a Likert scale. You need to have this many qualitative. You need to have this many, many quantitative. quantitative. <laughs> you have to um, get this many respondents to know what kind of confidence level level you have. And these are all the things that phenomenal researchers use in the practice of public relations. I learned a lot about that from Mark. I learned a lot about that from um, one of my former VA colleagues, Amber D'Amico, who was doing a similar campaign in Texas. And I also learned a lot about it through PRSA and their measurement training seminars. Some of the best I've been to have been with um, Walt Lindenman from Ketchum Public Relations. He used to work there. But it was really all those things, pulling all that information together and saying, okay, here's how we're going to make this um, document work and make it scientifically valid. And um, we found that our employees were pretty honest and open with us, especially in the qualitative department where they're able to just make their own comments. And we took those and and kind of acted on them. Now, were these anonymous tests? Yes, they're all anonymous. Uh, We had no way to tie them back to any of the employees, except at the bottom, we did ask demographic questions. So we kind of had an example of what area, the hospital they worked in, what level of um, employee they were, whether they were, you know, frontline, middle management, uh, senior management, nurses, doctors, those kinds of mm-hmm. things, and it really helped us out. Well, that's important because we you need to be able to understand who you're getting feedback from 
what's working, what isn't working, and then obviously um, evaluate it and apply it across the board. Right. And then you also asked about the PRIDE award. You know what? We have several different measurements within the VA healthcare system that are constantly reviewed, and um, they include areas of emphasis such as customer service, mm-hmm. individual efforts, teamwork, process improvement, and community outreach. So we just took all of those measures and said, okay, for example, if you're doing community outreach where you're representing VA at a walk, at a fair, or if you're doing a public speaking engagement, or if you've had some research publicized and you've let us know so we could do a news release on it, then we're going to put you in for a Pride Award. For some of the teamwork areas, it was like, let's see how effective the working relationships are with our patients and our staff. So we made that one of them. And then we also said we need to improve our trust and respect between the patients and staff. Mm -hmm. So we made that another area of emphasis that people can get a Pride Award for. So we really covered those areas of emphasis that are based on um, some of the measures that we're um, trying to uphold and, and put them as part of the Pride Award. So it went back to the organization as a whole and is reinforcing what we need to do from our medical center goal viewpoint as well. Good for you. And there was a study done, I know I'm going to misquote it a little bit, but something to the effect of 73% of middle managers Mm -hmm. are unhappy in their positions because they do not feel appreciated. And they would rather go to a company that pays them less money, Mm -hmm. but gives them more appreciation. Yes. And, you know, a lot of times, too, although the Pride campaign Mm -hmm. has really done tremendous work for us, Mm -hmm. it's just... Nothing beats management by walking around, seeing what their needs are, and just saying thank you. Absolutely. Nothing beats it. No. You know what? You don't ask for thanks until thanks aren't given. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of which, um, Paula, let's let's take a quick break, pay uh, a little homage and some thanks to our fabulous advertisers, and we'll be right back with Paula Padin after this commercial break. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound, while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Vive la revolución! 
best of the web. The Internet's oldest directory, BOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships, 60 days free advertising, no kidding. And don't forget the best of the web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Captain's Log, Stardate 8130.3. Starship Enterprise on training mission to Gamma Hydra, Section 14. Identify for retina scan. It's Monty Khan. Khan, you've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. The masses are starting to get online and get their identities and find new ways to make money in the marketplace, and I think they're all aiming their guns. You have a tendency to express ideas in military terms, Mr. Khan. This is a social occasion. Well, they are party animals. They do throw uh, some of the best parties in our industry, that's for sure. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. Crude methods, but effective. We posted our booth up next to uh, a booth that's giving away beer. How appropriate that is for you guys, huh? Hey, I've taken care of everything. Now, all you all got to do is just relax. Doctor's orders. If I don't see you next week, I'll see you in two weeks from now. Same time, same place. Khan, how do we know you'll keep your word? I promise you, be the master of your domain. Don't incur the wrath of Khan. Listen to Domain Masters, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on webmasterradio.fm. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the special edition of Cover Story, where we are focusing on the Silver Anvil Awards from the Public Relations Society of America. I'm very happy to have back as our featured guest, Paula Padin, who is the Director of Public Relations for the Carl T. Hayden VA Medical Center. Welcome back, Paula. Thank you, Brandy. This is so terrific. Okay, so let's let's continue to move along um, with your sort of three-pronged approach with your various publics from um, a a reputation standpoint. Okay. Um, the other thing we knew we needed to do, when I first got here, we had really basic um, public relations going on. We were um, doing a lot of news releases, and we had an employee newsletter that was going on. And there wasn't really a lot of advice and counsel to management, so I was able to bring that to the table. <clears throat> and the other thing I did was I established what we call a public affairs committee. The public affairs committee became my group of a hundred people that I could delegate things to. And one of the critical factors of that group was our community relations outreach um, subcommittee. And what the community relations outreach subcommittee did was they started getting the VA name out into the community. They did that by supporting um, walks, 
supporting health fairs. Uh, we had them doing um, fasting blood blood lab tests out in the community. We created a program called Operation Desert Foot, oh, which wow. screened the high number of employees, um, I'm sorry, of community members that had diabetes and didn't know that their feet um, were being impaired. So through those efforts, we got them shirts, we got them branded um, items to pass out at the community relations events. Sure. We did a lot of outreach. Um, so those efforts, I think, combined with our ongoing media relations and then the creation of one of the most unique things, again, a Pat Jackson um, mantra, was uh, creating an opinion leaders council. Pat's theory is that if you have a group of communi- community opinion leaders that know who you are mm-hmm. and know what you do and mm-hmm. they have an interest in you and you can get them on your side that they will help you um just because of who they are. And that's what we found. We started meeting with these uh, gentlemen. They all had to be veterans. Uh, Then we found some women veterans that we incorporated in that as well. And they're influential community opinion leaders like the uh, Maricopa County Attorney, the President of Greater Phoenix Leadership, um, the Attorney General. They're all veterans. And we got them educated as to who we were, what we needed, and they gave us some wonderful advice and counsel, and they actually later became so engrossed in what we were doing and in ways to help us that they became what's called a 501c19, which is a charitable organization under the IRS code that is veterans helping other veterans. And 95% of the members have to be wartime veterans and um You know, that's kind of how they structured themselves. So by those things, we were able to help improve our efforts in the community. Good for you. And I I think that's wonderful. And you know, something that's so easily overlooked and probably something that made life a lot easier for you was being able to take, you know, like your hot list of people who, who are influencers. Yep. And and enroll people. And once people are enrolled, like I said, you know, enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. Yes. People will help you spearhead your cause, which in turn becomes their cause because they're veterans. Right. And they really had the momentum and the will to help Mm -hmm. their fellow veterans who weren't as fortunate as they are. You know, because we, we do serve an indigent and um, population, mm-hmm. as well as veterans who have um, suffered uh, what we call service-connected disabilities, meaning they were injured while during their time in service. Terrific. And let's see, you also, we talked about, you know, you outlined your activities by creating measurable objectives, including um, a public level, an outcome, and a time frame. You had 15 objectives and nearly 70 tactics. Tactics, that yeah. And you know what? Uh, that all goes back to when I took the APR exam that PRSA offers, and we were taught specifically how to do that, and it's just served me well since day one. Good and I, I can't overemphasize the importance of being involved in PRSA and taking that exam and getting that accreditation because it really does enhance your practice. Good for you. Now let's talk about the fun, some other more fun okay. stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, it's fun, but it's a big, 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 big event. We have this big, beautiful VA Veterans Day Parade that's usually held on Veterans Day, which is November 11th. 
And the reason Veterans Day is significant is because it was at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month that the signing of the armistice took place to end World War One. And at the time, uh, you know, our country thought that was the war to end all wars. We know differently now, but that day has lived in infamy in the hearts of our veterans, so much so that when one of the presidents tried to make it one of those Monday holidays, the veterans were up in arms and said, no, it needs to be on November 11th. So that's why we select that day to do our VA Veterans Day Parade. We have about 100 entries, uh, bands, floats, marching units, pom-pom units, uh, senior citizens, veterans organizations, military units, uh, military hardware. Um, we get to put um, some cannons and, um, <laughs> you know, cannons. Like, I know what you like. In our parade. <laughs> You're like, I'm <laughs> all about the cannons. The military, you know, theme and focus. Right. Uh, and most importantly, we're really able to educate the general community about who veterans are and the sacrifices that they have made to ensure our American freedoms. So each year we take a different group of veterans and we highlight them. Last year we did the Korean War, which is Mm -hmm. also called the Forgotten War for many reasons. My dad was part of that. See? And a lot of people don't know about it and, you know, what we did and how things happened. So we're able to tell the stories through our veterans that are still living that served in that war. This year we're going to be honored honoring two groups of veterans, the Vietnam veterans and our recent, what we call returning warriors from Operation Enduring Freedom, which is Afghanistan, and Operation Iraqi Freedom, which is Iraq, Mm -hmm. uh, who have earned the Purple Heart for being wounded while in service. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's just a big, beautiful event that takes a lot of time, energy, and coordination. The VMLC pays for the parade. The City of Phoenix is a phenomenal contributor and supporter, Mm -hmm. and uh, it honors the VA secretary's goals to make sure that all VA hospitals across the country are doing something important on Veterans Day. Which is terrific. And I think also, too, you might want to highlight, yes, there's a hard cost associated with this. And yes, there's a ton of coordination that needs to be done. But you're also getting a ton of in-kind promotion and non-traditional yes. Um, yes. exposure yeah. based yeah. on And, this. you know, that's, that's really because so many people feel so proud about our veterans and what they've done for us. There are millions of people that recognize that the, the freedoms they enjoy every day are due, in fact, to the, the roles that our veterans have played and are still playing today. And, um, you know, we support our troops. We just do. Um, that's our, our future, and um, we're here to help provide them with the best quality health care that we can provide um, as long as we're able to. Which is wonderful. I mean, truly, what you are doing, I mean, everyone's story is an important story, but you know you're making such a positive difference because these are the people that go to the front lines and protect us so we don't have to worry. Right. And, you know, they're willing to do that. You know, many of the veterans that come back and are wounded and can't go back uh, over there, are a lot of them are disappointed because they truly believe in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they have seen firsthand the differences that they're making. And many of them tell us how 
much improved. The Iraqi people are because of their efforts, and the Afghanistan people are because of their efforts, and they're very proud of that. That is so super. My goodness, there's so much more that I'd love to touch on because you've enacted a TV show and, you know, all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, All right. So let me ask you as as one of our closing questions, because you're you're an illuminating, inspired um, (laughs) interview and I don't want to let you go. Um, How is you guys created a TV, um, a TV show? Mm-hmm. on your local cable access station, correct? That help people right, with right. a myriad of different health topics to help them, you know, understand how to how to best arm themselves against different diseases and different situations. How is that going for you? You know what, Brandy, that's based on the fact that I was um, what we call a broadcast journalist in the United States Navy. I got a lot of my training there. Um, I served for eight and a half years, and that was what I worked in, was radio and television. When I got out of the Navy, I worked in the private sector um, for Cox Broadcasting, Fox TV, Potomac News Service, and then later ended up with another government job with the U.S. Information Agency. So I was very well-versed as um, a, a radio and TV TV, news reporter, news producer, you know, ENG person, and could do all that. So we had this concept. My boss approved it, and we contracted out for a TV crew. We do six shows a year. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do was not highlight just veterans, but VA healthcare mm-hmm. and how it was making a difference in the life of veterans. And in so doing, to give the general public health information as well. Because many surveys have shown that the number one thing that people really want is more health information. Absolutely. Information is power. That's what we did. We looked at the research. We said, here's what we can do. Here's how we can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's been very successful um, for us. We have a 7% viewing penetration here in Maricopa County that equates to about 210,000 viewers. It's a very popular show and, and very well respected. Good for you. And I'm sure you could probably take that same show and push it out across the web as well. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, due to VA regulations, we have to have it transcribed. So we're looking at our next three shows in order to make it compliant for all users on the web, considering we have many disabled veterans that use our services. That's what we're looking at doing is captioning it for the web as well and then putting it out there. So you're right. You're right on target. (laughs) Rock on. (laughs) All right. Um, Paula Padin, unfortunately, we've come to uh, the the end of this uh interview with you. However, it's just the beginning of the road because you are a finalist for the Silver Anvil. (laughs) And you know what? You're giving back to a community. I mean, truly, your campaign is about giving back to a community that you benefit from. And congratulations to you. And we will keep our fingers crossed, uh, our fingers and toes crossed that we get to see you (laughs) on the podium on June 14th. Oh, thank you so much, Brandy. I appreciate the opportunity. Sounds super. We'll be right back with Gretchen Miller of Dell Computers. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? 
Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Say big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Gentlemen, start your engines. Okay, how do I get my engine started? (laughs) Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. Tell me about your relationship with your mom, Melanie. Uh, is this the Dr. Phil show, Byron? Oh, yeah. I'm oh. interested to hear more about that. And, you know, you should be grateful to my mother. You wouldn't uh, have me here if it weren't for my mom. What, are, you, are you telling me I'm my mother? We can no, end no, this radio no. show what right now. your thoughts? Does your mother stress you out? Do you think? I, I'm asking. I, I don't know. I moved 1,500 miles away. <laughs> the only stress I have now is what the personal questions I get from you. Get to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Cover Story. As you know, we are featuring the best of the best of uh, the Public Relations Society's uh, Silver Anvil series, and we're very excited. Uh, we just had a terrific interview with Paula Padine, and next we have another phenomenal uh, interview coming up with Gretchen Miller, who is a Director of Product Communications at Dell for 12 years, 10 years in product marketing for notebooks, and um, our focus today in speaking with Gretchen is about um, the submission that they made for the battery recall 
Protocol Case Study, which is on August 15th, 2006, members of Dell's Dell Inc.'s corporate communications and investor relations organizations were part of a cross-functional team facing an unprecedented challenge, the announcement of the largest recall in the history of consumer electronics. 4.2 million Dell-branded lithium-ion batteries with cells manufactured by Sony. That's huge. This is the biggest recall in history. Welcome, Gretchen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Wow, you guys took something that was so daunting um, and really turned it around in such a proactive positive way. I mean, you know, this is this is crisis management at its best. Well, thanks, Brandy. And I think the most important thing um, to know about this recall for us is that the reason we were able to be successful is the focus was always first on customer safety. And I think Dell's in a really unique position because we're a direct manufacturer. We take all of our own service calls and we always have an ear to the ground um, and it provides a great early warning system for problems that may be brewing. Um, we do our own testing processes in partnership with our suppliers and we have really close relationships with those suppliers, which really came in handy during this recall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, so let's walk everyone through the process. You guys do keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening in regard, you know, you, you keep your finger on the pulse of your, your customers. And you had heard of six incidents. Is that correct? Yes. Six incidents in the U.S. was what we reported to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Most people are um, most familiar with an incident that actually occurred in Osaka, Japan, which was reported last summer on YouTube and on a number of the blogging sites um, and involved a notebook fire. And we've been asked whether the incident in Osaka was what prompted us to initiate the recall. And the simple answer to that is no. Um, We were already looking into a a problem with faulty battery packs prior to that. Um, We take all the reports seriously, whether or not they get the kind of publicity that the Osaka incident did. And we work very diligently first to get the customer back up and running and then to um, test the failed units with the highest sense of urgency. Um, What the Osaka incident did was it really galvanized our efforts to get to the root cause of what was going on with the batteries. And it also provided us with a context for our conversations with others in the industry. And um, that allowed us to confirm, you know, that we were not alone in experiencing these incidents. And then we moved very quickly to act in um, the, the most efficient manner to protect our customers and ensure their safety. Which is terrific. So let's let's go through sort of like the front line of, of what actually happened. So all of a sudden you've got this, you know, very um, scandalizing video that's popping up all over the place and it's playing on, on mainstream media as well as, you know, the blogosphere and, and uh, YouTube, as you mentioned, um, which I personally wouldn't mind having my notebook flame on me. But, you know, so now you, you've got something that you knew you were going to take care of. Now it's sensationalized. You went ahead and you actually allowed CNBC to interview all day long in what you said was 105 degree weather. We did. Um, and actually, the, the recall was we worked in partnership with the Consumer Product Safety Commission to issue the recall. And as you can imagine, getting supply line for, we knew that we were going to have a lot of customers calling us. So um, one of our key priorities, even before the recall was issued, was to work with our suppliers. Um, to make sure we have, we have five suppliers of batteries, and we had to coordinate all their efforts to make sure that the day the recall hit, our customers would have would have supply. And the recall actually broke about 12 hours early. It was supposed to go live on the morning of the 15th, which was the morning that we did the CNBC interview, but there was a leak online, and so actually it ended up breaking the night of the 14th. And um, we had um, the next morning at 5 a.m., we started with live interviews. Um, the first one was the CNBC interview on the, on the lawn of Dell at 5 a.m. in the dark. 
and that reporter did broadcast outside our building all day. But that day we conducted with our senior executives literally dozens of interviews with media outlets from around the world, print, online, broadcast. And um, we also used our corporate blog, Direct to Dell, to continue to update customers on what was happening with the recall. Okay, super. So if we can focus first on, you know, now we know what the issue is. You, you, you know, you, you gathered together your chain of suppliers um, so that you could, you know, properly initiate this recall process and keep your customers happy. You know, let's talk about the pronged approach that you that you did. So we started talking about you being able to address the media. Yes. Okay. So now you're addressing the media. You've created a blog where people can come and get information and actually give information so they can communicate amongst each other and you can understand, which is so important in today. It's nice the web is such an, um, a transparent place to be able to understand who your customers are. So you created the blog where people could come and get in, get information and give information. We actually have a cor- we had a corporate blog already direct to Dell that had launched earlier that year. So that was even better because it was an existing tool that we could use to um, to get out to customers. Excellent. I thought there, and I apologize. I thought there were two blogs. One was an internal blog, and one was an external blog. Right. Dell does have an internal okay. blog for employees, and um, we were using the internal blog at that time to um, to let employees know what was going on, um, as well as our external blog, Direct to Dell, which is focused on the general public. That that's so uh, that's amazing. So from this blog, what did you find? Because I understand that you got more than fifty million hits. Actually, so the fifty million hits were to our website, which was um, another great tool in the process. We um, gave customers options of different ways that they could replace their batteries. So when we went live with the recall, um, we had a telephone number that customers could call. We had a physical address they could write to, and then we had the site where we really wanted everybody to go, which was the actual website for the recall: www.dellbatteryprogram.com. And um, the statistics that you mentioned um, were pretty staggering the first day as we were doing all these media interviews. Um, that website received over 50 million hits. We took in our phone queues over 135,000 phone calls, and we actually took in total over 150,000 orders, and these are these are global numbers. And best of all, the first units actually shipped to customers the same evening that we announced the recall. That's amazing. I mean, that really, I mean, that really is amazing, the, the commitment that Dell had to its customers and having all of these um, components in place so that not only can you make this announcement, but then act on it, which I think is so very important. Um, so what, what else did you use? I mean, how, how else did you execute this plan? Well, actually, in this case, you know, a lot of people might say that um, the, the blogosphere, I think, was a really interesting dynamic um, in the recall. A lot of people might say that, you know, if it weren't for the blogosphere, not a lot of people would have known about the Osaka incident. Maybe Dell wouldn't have gotten bad publicity up front about the battery recall, but actually, I think the blogosphere ended up being a great um, tool for us, and we went out and um, actually responded to blog posts that, you know, some of the various enthusiast sites all across the internet um, that we do track. There are folks in Dell who look at those sites all the time, and we were able to, you know, identifying ourselves as Dell employees, post responses and get the correct information out to folks so that they would understand what was going on with the recall, what exactly had been recalled, because not every battery had been, so it was important that customers could identify whether they potentially had a problem. And then if they thought they did, we wanted to be able to very quickly direct them on where to go. And I think that actually ended up getting us a lot of accolades from an environment that originally had been quite critical of Dell. Because you you guys stood up, took responsibility, and took the time to personally respond. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yes. And, And that included, you know, phone calls, members of our public relations team got, you know, I personally got dozens and dozens of customer calls, emails. We responded to every single one because a lot of times when people see the, the, these things, especially when they've been sensationalized in the media, you know, the response is kind of fear and uncertainty. And so the best thing that we could do for our customers was 
help get the facts out there, help them understand if they might have a problem, and then get them directed on the right place to go and the right course of action if, if they thought they did. Right, absolutely. I mean, first of all, you know, we, we're so um, technology-bound today. You know, like, I'm a, I'm a Crackberry addict. I have a Dell computer. Oh, my God, if someone if someone took those two items away from me. <laughs> exactly. I'd be in Valley right now. Um, but, I mean, but seriously, right, you, you're handicapped. So it's a scary thing to think that, you know, something that you hold so dear to you is being taken away or could potentially blow up or whatever. Um, but knowing that a company, and I think we're seeing this in, um, in, in so much, crisis management management is being handled so much differently today in that um, before it used to be about the spin and today it's just about the, um, being honest and having integrity. Exactly. And, and I think that's what really served Dell well is that we, even though, you know, the, the cells were not manufactured by Dell, we took full responsibility and our first priority was to get the customer back up and running. Which is great. So, I mean, truly the execution line was disseminating information as quickly as possible through channels that you couldn't control, i.e. the media, mm-hmm. um, having your internal um, website or blog, I should say, that allowed um, communications internal to Dell, so everyone was on the same page, and then the corporate um, or the the external blog that people could uh, venture onto, as well as the the website specifically for the recall. Correct. Which is really important. So you managed to layer that up in a way that there would be absolutely and positively no holes. In addition to having you know a call in center, so now you've got people who can call in, they can um, post, they can. I mean. You disseminated information across the board. I'm really sucking this up. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are impressed. And we mostly are just happy with what the customer response was. And I think customer response, the recall over overwhelmingly was very positive. Um, you know, it's never an ideal situation if a company has to undertake something this big. And, um, you know, we knew there would be some customers that might have to wait longer for certain batteries because it, what you have to realize is um, the, the dates uh, over which the batteries were recalled spanned over a pretty long period of time. And some of these batteries were no longer even being made. Anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So what, we, what we actually had to do with the supply chain in preparing for the recall was um, go back and um, go to our suppliers and actually restart production on certain on certain parts that were just no longer being made. Wow, that's amazing. And on that note, let us take a quick break, and uh, we will be right back with Gretchen Millett, Director of Product Communications for Dell, in just a moment. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's ClickSOR.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Enjoying top payouts and unparalleled affiliate support is as easy as XY7.com. Just call 1-866-XY7-PAYS and see how it pays to join XY7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns. Call 1-866-XY7-PAYS today or sign up at XY7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know. So don't wait. Call now. one 866 xy 7 
Pays. That's 1-866-XY7-PAYS. XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Pay-Per-Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to ingenio.com slash web radio that's ingenio.com slash web radio ingenio simply ingenious hello richard hello <laughs> I just got a little uh, IM that said keep my energy up, so every so often I'll just scream something out. Okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back. <laughs> you know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. <laughs> Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests to do the same. (laughs) Get totally hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. Webmasterradio.fm. And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Cover Story. I'm very happy to continue our conversation with Gretchen Miller, who is Director of Product Communications and Industry Analyst Relations for Dell Incorporated. And um, we are talking about the Dell Battery Recall, and she's a finalist for the Silver Anvil Series. Welcome back, Gretchen. Thank you. So can we talk about, because this is kind of an important part, two, two things. One is obviously just being honest. I think with people and that integrity and being transparent to the customers is so different from traditional, like traditionally how PR was handled. Was that sort of a scary thing for you guys to to sort of say, hey, this is exactly what's happened. We're sort of opening up our kimono to you and working as hard as we can just to make this right. It's really not our issue. It's a supplier chain thing, but, you know, it's our commitment to you, the customer. You know, I think once we understood um, that there was an issue with the batteries, even though um, it was a very small, you know, the, the, the percentage of even within the, the batteries that were effect and the percentage of batteries that might ever experience this issue is extremely small. Once we knew there was a problem, I think we were much less worried about that than how we were going to get batteries back into our hands and, you know, out of the hands of customers where they would potentially be dangerous. So I do think, you know, our, our PR planning really centered around how do we come clean in, you know, come clean or issue the recall in a mm-hmm. way that most um broadly gets the information out. Once we decided that we wanted to do this, there was no real thought of spin or how do we minimize it. It was how broad can we go and how do we make sure that people get the correct facts. That's phenomenal. And how, do, how were you able to truly measure 
um, the response and the effectiveness of this campaign? Well, I think as a direct company, you know, we haven't um, really published and we don't plan to publish any numbers on um, the you know, number of calls, the number of battery ships that, that we um, that we did initially and, you know, a bunch, bunch of reasons for that. But we are able to look at how many of our customers have called and actually track, you, you know, how many batteries have been replaced. So the effectiveness in our mind is how many, you know, of the, of the potentially risky batteries did we get back? And then more importantly, how many of those customers were able to very quickly get new batteries? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, fortunately or unfortunately for you, the spotlight was on Dell with the initial battery recall. And then how many, six or seven manu- um, manufacturers of computers had to have the same recall as well? There were, I believe there were seven that followed, depending on how you count them, there were seven that followed Dell, so, so eight in total. That's amazing. So which allowed you, you know, which was nice because at the end of the day, you really look like heroes because you, you really came out first. I think so, and it was a, it was definitely, you know, there was some risk to that, and we knew that going in. In the final analysis, though, um, I think the issue went from being referred to as a Dell-specific problem to being described as more of an industry issue, and that happened over the course of about um, of about 60 days. Now, how did you come to that conclusion? It's interesting that you say, I mean, you, you know, taking a leadership role with Dell being such a large corporation, saying, you know what, we're not just a company, we are an industry, and we are part a large part of an industry. So taking that industry initiative instead of just the brand initiative, how how did did you cycle it down um, to the talking points and the execution that you came up with? Well, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, how do we eventually qualify as an industry issue, you really, if you just watch the tone of the articles that were written over time, I mean, it was first described as a Dell problem, and then if you followed, you know, through September, I'm sitting here looking at an article from MSNBC, where it was mm-hmm. now, you know, the Sony laptop battery recall widens, it, the, the tone of the articles really, really shifted. But I don't think Dell necessarily did anything to do that. I think we just, you know, things played out the way they played out, and we just continued to focus on customers. Which I think is such an important part. So again, focusing on customers, coming, as you said, coming clean and finding as many communications um, channels as possible to um, engage these customers so that they have the information they need to go to Disneyland and maybe take a couple of days on a cruise. Um, Good for you. I mean, I think that was a very bold move. And I was looking, you know, prior to our interview, I was looking on CNET, for example, really more towards the beginning of, uh, of let's call it the scandal, unfortunately. And, you know, this is, let's say, a couple of days into it where the spin was already turning positive, where, yes, there was, you know, burning notebooks. And, yes, there's this, you know, Osaka incident. But, yes, Dell's stepping up to the plate and they're making sure immediately that these batteries are being recalled. And as quickly as possible, people are getting their batteries back in. So I think that was a bold move. But I think a good lesson to everyone that if you do have a problem, step up, say you're sorry, have a, a you know some recourse, and make sure that you follow through on your word. It, it was amazing to us how quickly the tone changed. I mean, going back to the blogosphere example where people had been you know, really, some of the bloggers have really been demanding a response from Dell to some of the incidents that were being reported, like the Osaka incident, how quickly that tone changed once we actually issued the recall um, to be much more complimentary. Which is true. And at the end of the day, I don't mean to overemphasize this, it really wasn't Dell's problem. They, you know, it was a partnership with Sony where you had, you know, the battery. Do you have any comments on people who do have joint ventures where they're not, you know, where they do have a product where they're utilizing other people's um, products so that that if this issue happens to them, how they best can handle it for themselves? I think the best thing is to remember that to the customer, you know, we're all we're all directly responsible to our customers. And, um, you know, we were very fortunate to have a close partnership with 
Sony as we do with many of our suppliers. So um, we were able to, you know, work successfully with them behind the scenes to make sure that we had everything like the supply we needed to issue the recall. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, though, Dell had to be responsible for it. We, we couldn't, you know, we, we couldn't um, point Absolutely. a finger at anyone else. It was our customer and therefore it was our responsibility. Good for you. Good for you. That is, uh, that's wonderful leadership. Truly wonderful leadership. I think it's, um, I think that um, this is a tremendous submission. I think you guys did a wonderful job. I think that um, your interview today was really illuminating and enlightening and hopefully our listeners will employ some of the techniques that you guys use because they're true leadership capable. I mean, true leadership um, is being shown by Dell and obviously um, you at the forefront of of making this happen. Well, thank you very much. Yay. Thank you, everyone. And good luck to you on June 14th. I'll be cheering you on. (laughs) Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That was Gretchen Miller from Dell Incorporated uh, taking the high road. Biggest battery recall in uh, the history of the world. Something that could have really led to an untimely and a negative true spin for Dell. Um, really putting them on the high road, putting them on the map for taking charge, taking responsibility, and putting the customer first. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and thank you for joining us for this edition of Cover Story with our special focus on the Silver Anvils. 